from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Chris Lee alongside Paul I. Hander with Graham Hill producing for us today. Thank you so much for listening to 99.9 The Fan. If you're going to go back to work tomorrow and need a few things to talk about at the water cooler, we've got you because there's a few things happening in the world of sports and you're going to want to talk to your friends about them. Uh, of course, there's a lot of rumors swirling around about the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we could talk about Summer League, NBA Summer League, because there's going to be some more action tonight and also a big-time debut this week. NFL blaming some of their players for their slippage. Duke, where are they showing up in preseason hoops uh, polls? But first, let's talk about number five. I got five on it. All right, this story is kind of weird to me, Paul. Okay. Um, you might need to put this in, 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 a, in a little bit of a context for me, but uh, the Mountain West claims that San Diego State has left their conference. San Diego State, as of right now, is like, no, nah, we're, we're, we're here. We're here. Okay. But – it looks like they were trying to potentially go to the Pac-12, but if they were to go to the Pac-12, uh, they would owe an absorbent amount of money. Uh, they would owe the league $17 million, uh, the Mountain West. Um, and I guess they don't want to pay that. So they're like, nah, we're, we're here. We, we ain't going nowhere. We don't want to pay the exit fee. What, what is going on here with this? This is essentially the last bit of conference realignment that didn't actually happen, where San Diego State allegedly thought they had something brewing with the Pac-12, when in fact the Pac-12 still trying to deal with media rights. So there's not something there, but San Diego State's like, well, you know, if you were, we're going to be cool and let you know that we might want to leave. So we might want to break the lease early. But we're hoping, we're kind of hoping that if we let you know early enough, you might give us, you know, a little, little rent break kind of thing. Nah, leagues like, Mountain West like, nah, dude, you pay the full freight. You pay the full freight. San Diego State's like, you know, well, I guess, you know, after all, the apartment's really nice. So we're just going to, we're going to stay and we just want to extend our lease. Is that possible? After we realized we couldn't afford the new place that we wanted to move into. Exactly. There you go. That's the exact way yeah. this is being worded. So now they're trying to figure out through lawyers whether or not it's okay for them to kind of come back home. It's like, baby, you know you want me to come back. <laughs> you know, you didn't move all my stuff out. Yeah. You know? So I didn't do anything with her. I mean, I, I thought <laughs> I thought I was in love, but I realized that I love you, baby. It's pretty- Can we work on this? That is exactly what this is. I think we could have just done that. We could have done some puppet theater on this thing, and that's exactly how this is working out. So they're trying to figure out how to, one, come back to the conference, and two, not pay out. Although the conference is like, no, you moved out. You pay us the money. I mean, at this point, it it might work for the conference just to get that money, right? Like, what's going to be the difference in their rights fees with San Diego State not being there? Uh, It's still still the Mountain West, right? Like, it's it's not – not a power five. Yep. So you're running independent at this point. You you run independent and you find a new place to to hook up. I guess is the best way to put it. Do, is that you think that's actually going to happen? I think San, San Diego, Diego State. San Diego State's got. They, they, I don't think so. They, I think they will get something to work out because again, you know, you can't can't afford the rent somewhere else. So you stay where you are. Very interesting with that. Um, let's move on to the next one. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Okay, it is way, way too early to talk about polls and where men's college basketball lands and who's the top team in the nation and blah, 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 blah. But it is Ju- July 5th. 
right July now. July 5th. Yep. Uh, so we got to have something to talk about for sure. And on the, a recent ESPN, way too early uh, top 25 preseason edition of the of the countdown, we have the Duke Blue Devils coming in at number two uh, in the nation. Uh, of course, uh, they're going to have Kyle Filipowski coming back. We'll talk about him in just a second. Have Jeremy Roach coming back. That's huge. Along with uh, having Tyrese Proctor coming back and Mark Mitchell, which is big for Duke. They haven't had this much production return, I think, in like eight seasons or something like that. Because it's just normally uh, after, if you produce at Duke one year, you're gone after a season. Um Thoughts on Duke coming in at number two overall in the country? Why not? If you're basing it on everyone who wants to run it back one time and you have you have health on your side and you have a much more firmer uh, kind of a coaching staff in place with Shire now having kind of that initial thing under his belt and the, Derek, uh, the, the, the Whitehead experiment kind of didn't work out the way you wanted it to, but Lively did work out because you got what you wanted out of him for sure. I don't see why they couldn't be number two in a preseason poll, three months out of practice, uh, to be honest, and the and the and Carolina's fifteen on this list. Yeah, based on who they got coming back, I think it's uh, I think Duke being number two or anything in the top five, I think is fair because uh, they were a team who they were one of the hottest teams. That they, remember that run they were on, basically after they lost that Virginia game, that they probably would have won at the line with free throws uh, when Kyle Filipowski was fouled, but, you know, supposedly right. after the buzzer. But, yeah. And it went and the game went to overtime. Uh, they basically had, like, what, a 10-game run up until they went against uh, Tennessee. And when they went up against Tennessee, it was simply a very experienced coach with an older team versus a first-year head coach with a young team, with a group of freshmen. Duke was – I was at that game. Duke was actually the more skilled team on the court – but they just got pushed around by older guys, and the older guys ended up winning uh, that game. So now you have guys coming back for Duke, and I agree. They should be one of the uh, best teams coming back with all of that. Uh, one of the reasons why is because of Kyle Filipowski, ACC freshman of the year last year, averaged 15 points, nine rebounds, but he played all last season with a hip issue. Wow. And had ha, had to have surgery right after the season was over. Here's Kyle Filipowski on the recent episode of the new Duke podcast called The Brotherhood discussing his hip surgery. Yeah, so I actually knew before the, the season, like this time last year around the summer, because um, it started to become an issue like junior, senior year of high school. I didn't really know what was wrong with them until I got some MRIs in, you know, coming here last summer. Um so I, I knew I just had to deal with it for this year. I didn't really know when exactly I was going to need it in the future. Mm -hmm. But obviously, once we finished um, the season this past year, I, you know, re-brought up the, the topic of my hips and, and realized it'd probably be best to get them done now uh, just for the betterment of myself and my future. So this surgery means that he'll be able to get further down in the defensive stance. He'll be able to run faster, jump higher, Basically be a better overall athlete. And we're talking about the ACC freshman of the year who's returning, who probably could have gone top 20 in the NBA draft. Yeah, so he wasn't at his best. <laughs> he wasn't at his best. Yes, and you're right about that. We, like, we all held with bated breath. Is he staying or is he going to go right. pro? Because the guy was going to be a lottery pick. Yes, yes. So he stretches out, gets the hip surgery done, and now if he comes back on time, on schedule, and is able to go – Wow, the, that preseason hoops poll at number two looks pretty good. 
looks very good. Um, and, and the fact that one, he so give a little bit more context as to uh, this hip surgery. Uh, as he was uh, discussing right there in that clip that we played for you, um, he felt like he had uh, some issues with his hips before, didn't really know, got it officially checked out when he came to Duke last summer. And so instead of shutting down his freshman year and just getting it done over summer, he was like, all right, let's, let's do it after uh, the season is over with. And we saw the, the type of season he had. And it, just to really drive this point home, last year when NBA scouts were watching Duke uh, practice, Coming out of practice before Whitehead uh, got hurt, before Lively got hurt, out of practice, those scouts were saying, yeah, Filipowski, he's, he may not be that guy. He's probably going to need a, another year or two in college. And, you know, Lively and Whitehead, they're going to be the guys. They're going to be the guys. Now, those guys ended up getting injured and started the season injured, and uh, we didn't get the output from them that we thought they were going to get. Filipowski ended up being the best player on the team with an injury. And now he's going to be free of that next season. I think that's just amazing. All right, next. One, two, three. All right, uh, the NFL is uh, blaming the Super Bowl slippage on wrong shoes being worn by the players. If you may remember back uh, in the Super Bowl back in uh, February, uh, there was a lot of slipping issues between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, guys couldn't keep their footing on a, on a lot of different plays. The Eagles actually changed <laughs> cleats at halftime. Still, people were slipping around. NFL says, nah, it's just the shoes. It's not, it's not the turf that, that we put out there. It's just the shoes. Okay, it's the shoes, money. It's the shoes. No, see, this is where... Do we really have to revisit every historical moment in time to figure out why a team lost or why things happened? The NFL, fine. Do you you don't want to blame the grounds crew or the sod or whatever it is because maybe maybe you got the deal or of a lifetime and these guys are going to do it again because they've had the Super Bowl in Glendale before, so we know it's not the yeah. venue. The venue we've we've done this before. So the grass field, was it in the best shape? Clearly it wasn't because people were slipping around. But again, do we have to go back and look at historical moments to blame certain things? It was still a very competitive football game. So uh, it's, for me, this is less about the reason why a game was won or lost. This is about the NFL taking accountability. Like the NFL has a hard time with that, if you think about it, with with certain things. They, they came around slowly when it came down to CTE and head injuries, right? Yeah, we had to have a Will Smith movie. <laughs> That's a boring movie, very by true. the way. That was very a boring movie. I, I didn't watch the movie, but <sighs> it looked boring. Um, and, and then also, I don't, I don't know if I could have gotten down with the accent. The accent didn't seem like it was all good. But anyway, um, and then on, on top of that, um, you have the Colin Kaepernick situation. And clearly, you have owners that are kind of, they didn't necessarily like come together and say, hey, let's conspire against this guy to keep him out of the league. But you conspired against this guy to keep him out of the league. You, you guys kind of knew what was happening. Wink, wink. You know, we're, we're not going to do this because he's going to be more of a distraction. And we're worried about our bottom line. Um, NFL didn't really take accountability for that. This is about them not taking accountability for whatever they had going on here. Now, on the field, we did see all the slipping and sliding. And players have been talking about uh, surfaces for the last couple of years now. A lot of places have gone to uh, artificial turf, just like the Carolina Panthers did at Bank of America Stadium. Players want to play on natural grass. 
Um, there was some natural grass there at uh, in Glendale, Arizona, but of course it's sprayed with all the paint, has all the different things right, you yeah. need to have it on, you know, for the Super Bowl. It's some of the green parts are also painted on. Remember that? Remember that well, game so in Canada, right? They had that game in Canada where the the field was like there was like a big divot in in like the in like the uh, end zone, and they couldn't play to the end zone because it wasn't a full field, and it was like. This is not the first time they've had issues with fields, yeah. let alone a grass field or the spray paint at the Hall of Fame game that had to get canceled a couple of years ago. Oh, the yeah. Paint, yeah, the paint didn't I forgot set. about that. And so just, again, reliving this, I'm like, did they did they really need to come out and just go, they weren't wearing the right shoes, stop it. No, everybody changed their shoes. It, 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 I you're right. Accountability. Just, just, <laughs> it's own accountability. It. just own it. We messed up. That's, just say we really messed up. At the end of the day. We that's... messed up. I don't care. Trot whoever you want out there. We messed up. All right. Next. And I don't even care who number two is. All right. Let's talk about the NBA Summer League. The Charlotte Hornets will play uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors tonight at 6 o'clock. That'll be on ESPN2. You also see the Memphis Grizzlies take on the Thunder. Spurs taking on the Lakers. Spurs not playing with Victor Wimbanyama. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, 76ers versus the the Jazz. Uh, of course, NC State alum Terquavion Smith playing with the Philadelphia 76ers. Had 18 points the other night. Looked pretty good. We'll talk about that in a second. And the Heat taking on the Kings. But the number one thing that a lot of people want to know when it comes down to Summer League, because it is just Summer League at the end of the day, these games don't count for anything. People want to see Victor Wimbanyama, the seven foot three, number one overall draft pick at this year's NBA draft, finally make his debut. He was supposed to make his debut against the Hornets on Monday. That didn't happen. We had to tune in right there at eight o'clock to find that out, and I'm sure the ratings do- dove after that. Um, but the they, the Spurs still soundly beat the Hornets. He will make his debut this Friday against the Hornets in summer league in Las Vegas. So much where they've sold out. You can't get in that building. And I remember working in Vegas when Zion Williamson made his summer league debut. Oh man, in Las ball. Vegas. Yeah. And the place was sold out again for that night. I mean LeBron was sitting front row. Mark Cuban was signing basketballs for anybody who put something in front of his face. That was a stu- all star studded affair when the Pelicans came and played at Summer League. So there is that same kind of vibe for sure for Wemby to show up and for people to check out and see what he does. Yes, for me, I have a slight curiosity factor too to see what happens inside the San Antonio Spurs system. If they're going to let him run free and do the things that made him the number one pick, the guy who stepped outside and shot the basketball, the guy who apparently has Bob Cousy, Magic Johnson style dribbling ability on the outside and can break defenders down. I'm looking. I, w- I want to see those things. I want to see the athleticism that comes along with that. Have we all seen him play? Yes. Have we seen him play again in a system against other NBA players in an NBA system? No. That's where my curiosity lies on Friday. The first game against uh, against the uh, the uh, Hornets on Monday for the Spurs, uh, they blew them out 98 to 77, and actually the game wasn't even that close. <laughs> As the final score <laughs> indicates, Julian Champagne uh, had 30 points, and uh, it just wasn't a good outing uh, for the Hornets. But who did have a good outing in summer league play? Terquavion Smith, NC State alum, um, was not drafted. One of the reasons I kind of believe that he wasn't drafted is because when you're not six foot six, six foot seven, or taller, and you don't specialize in something, and this this 
modern NBA right now, it's going to be tough for you to be under that height and not specialize in something and get drafted, right? And Traquavion Smith, good in a few different things. But you can't say that he's a specialist at anything. As far as shooting, he's streaky. But he had a good shooting night on Monday night when uh, the Philadelphia 76ers took on the Memphis Grizzlies. That was his uh, pro debut. Uh, Traquavion Smith starting played 27 minutes, uh, four for 10 from three-point line. So he was 40%. Got some shots up there for sure if he was able to take 10 of them. Uh, 18 points, also had three assists. Um, I thought it was a, a decent start for him. Uh, pretty good for, for somebody who didn't get drafted but clearly was the focal point of that particular team. Here's the deal. In the NBA Summer League, you're out to do two things. One, get yourself some tape. Two, earn yourself a roster spot. And to be honest, the extra part is make sure that people remember your name. Yeah. Because when I think about an NBA GM, if I'm looking for a guy, again, a shooter, someone who could come off the bench, do a few things for me, spot up for eight to ten minutes at a night, give my second unit a little spark when I need it. And I don't need you to score 20. I need you to score eight. I need just eight from you. But when I can make the eight happen, I'm going to call Traquavion Smith. And right now, he just needs people to remember his name at this point. You know, whether he plays in Europe or Asia, he plays here in the States, G League, or he manages to, you know, stick with the 76ers, just get people to remember your name. That is it. The rest will follow. He is uh, on a two-way deal with uh, the uh, 76ers, so he'll be mostly in the G League. He'll have some call-ups on the main roster, which will be important for him to get those uh, reps uh, during this upcoming season. All right, next. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. All right, let's talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. A lot of different things to talk about. Uh, lot, some rumors flying, but uh, here are the things that we do know. Michael Bunting is a part of the team. Dmitry Orlov is a part of the team. But then there are the rumors. Vladimir Tarasenko, will he be a part of the team or not? Eric Carlson, will he be a part of this team or not? Very interesting uh, points, uh, just just talking points for the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's start off with Vladimir Tarasenko. On Monday, uh, it was reported on Twitter that he uh, was signing with the Canes. That has not come to fruition two days later. Looks like he fired uh, an agent and turned down all of his offers, uh, which is some of the reports that are coming down today, and that he has a new agent and that the process is going to start all over again. As far as we know, he could probably already have a, a deal in place with the Hurricanes. We just don't know about it. But uh, Vladimir Tarasenko coming to the Hurricanes, does that take them over the edge to get them that Stanley Cup that they want? Well, if you look at the puzzle pieces that are required to win a Stanley Cup, which is have a couple of a couple of two or three good scoring units along with solid defense and decent goaltending play. You don't need lights out goaltending play. You need decent goaltending play. You know, for the Vegas Golden Knights, they got fairly good 
play out of Aiden Hill, and he parlayed that to near $5 million AAV kind of deal. But you see the dominant the dominant goalies are the ones that are streaky in the playoffs. But when it comes to the cup, you just need, you need good hands. And so you've got good hands. When I look at Vlad Tarasenko, when I look at a guy who is coming off kind of an uneven season, but the season prior to that had scored 30-plus goals and put up a monster number of points you know, in in a in a different uniform, obviously in a St. Louis uniform as opposed to a Rangers uniform, he is a guy that is a wonderful puzzle piece to have if you are looking for a guy that can create offense, make things happen, and just by name alone, we just talked about Terquavion Smith leaving a name. Like, make sure people remember yeah. your name. You'll remember Tarasenko's name on the ice, and he's not this old guy lumbering around who's just kind of trying to create shots and just magically wanders into a goal or not. He's able to create his own shots. There's a reason why he's still out there as kind of one of those free agents that everyone's like, oh, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? Because they're expecting him to be signed. He is still a healthy addition. Would it be great if he were a Carolina Hurricane and and came at the price we were willing to pay for him? And I think that might be one of the reasons why there is a big sticking point because the Carolina Hurricanes, while you can sign as many guys as you want up until the first night of the regular season, only have roughly $3 million in cap space to work with right now. There probably will be some movement uh, to, to help them out with that. And, of course, you can go, I guess, what, 10% over the cap right now uh, while you're getting people signed and all that. And then you have to make sure you're uh, right there on the cap when the season starts. Um very would be a very cool addition uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes to be there, and of course, you you talked about this before. Dmitry Orlov and him are, they're, they're are boys, boys, really good friends, and so if if that is something that the Car- that the Carolina Hurricanes can already use uh, to to bring them in, that'll be amazing. And then there's the rumors that the that the Canes are interested in Eric Carlson. Here's here's the thing for me: you got all the defensemen <laughs> already. Like there, there's already a logjam for defensemen. And so it feels almost as if the Canes, for the most part, if they end up getting um, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, you added Michael Bunting, but you've already added Dmitry Orlov, probably going to get uh, D'Angelo, uh, uh, Tony D'Angelo, I yeah. keep want to call him D'Angelo, because uh, I guess maybe that's what I'm listening to in the car right now, D'Angelo. Uh, <laughs> you getting ready for a big night? Well, you know, okay. I just, I just like, I just okay. like him. Okay. Uh, and then Eric Carlson, if he comes in, it feels like the Hurricanes have gone from we need to score more goals to we just need to stop everybody else from scoring. Period. And if we get our two or three, we're fine with that. Well, we want everything to happen. We want all the toys. It's okay to that's, want. That's all, what it feels. It's like. okay to want all the toys. It, it really is. They've made enough moves right now in the off season. I think for people to be satisfied, what people, what Canes fans want to be. They want to be overwhelmed with satisfaction. They want nothing but smiley face emojis until training camp starts. They want to have that feel-good moment, and they want the additions. They, we all want that, right? I mean, the yeah. fans of every, every sports team on the, in the history of the earth always want something more. We want one more thing. One more thing is going to make it happen. One more thing is going to make it happen. Well, for Canes fans, it's because of the – expectations now right like you've made it to the playoffs the last five years that's not enough it's because we saw the offense dry up in that series against florida where they couldn't get over the hump absolutely could not get over them and they ran into a hot goalie fair enough you know but you got swept and that's a nasty taste to get out of your mouth oh yeah it's really difficult 
There's no, there's not one, there's not one thing that's going to take that out of your mouth until you start playing in the next season. But to get there, you want again all the toys. Tarasenko is one of those wonderful little toys that you can have. I've I've already got a Switch. I got an Xbox. I got a PlayStation. But you know what I really need? I need a tabletop arcade game. That's Tarasenko. I want all the toys. All the toys. We'll, and we'll see what happens uh, with that. But that is the rumor going on right now, or at least it came out on Monday, that he's interested in the Canes. If it happens, we'll see. And we'll definitely be here to talk about it right here on The Fan. I'm Chris Lee. That is Paul Ihander. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. Well, what's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.